This episode of Geeks Crossing is brought to you by today's sponsor, Anchor. Ever wanted to start a podcast but can't find the right platform to work with? Don't worry, Anchor has you covered. Anchor is a free audio app that allows you to record a podcast on any device no matter where you are. Anchor includes an editing feature that allows you to customize your podcast, whether it be on your computer or mobile device, so you can easily omit any errors or unnecessary parts. Anchor also allows you to distribute your podcast to other platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or even Google Podcasts, which is amazing. Did I mention the part about making money? No? Well, you could be earning money every time someone listens to your podcast with no minimum listenership. If that's not the easiest way to make a podcast, I don't know what is. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. It's becoming quite noticeable that every time I do a Pokemon episode, I like to mention the anime from time to time. Or to be more precise, Ash Ketchum. What can I say about Ash Ketchum? He's been the protagonist of the Pokemon anime for over 22 years, has traveled to every region thus far, and is still somehow 10 years old. I know, everyone was already made fun of Ash's perpetual age. For those who don't know, a couple months ago was National Ash Ketchum Day, which is something that the Pokemon community created to celebrate the day Ash won the Alola League. Yeah, it's been over a year and people are still going apeshit over that. And I don't blame them. To celebrate the anniversary of this milestone, I wanted to give a top 10 list of Ash's greatest battles. I wanted to get this type of episode out by September. Unfortunately, life has been keeping me busy, so I never got around to it. Hey, better late than never, am I right? Still, out of all the members of Geeks Crossing, I feel like I'm the most knowledgeable when it comes to the Pokemon anime. Granted, Matt told me he stays up to date from time to time. Only if it's dubbed, though. And I think Nick and Keith stopped giving a shit, although I could be wrong. Guys, if you're listening, sorry if I butchered anything. Love you guys. Anyway, I'll be judging these battles based on their significance and how they reflected Ash's career as a trainer. Yet I won't hesitate to call out on anything I'm not particularly fond of. Once more, everything I say is just my opinion, so please respect mine as I would with yours. Even if most of these spots sound controversial to some of you. I'm Eric from Geeks Crossing, and this is the Top 10 Greatest Ash Ketchum Battles. Number 10. Ash vs. Tobias. It's the semifinals of the Sinnoh League, and Ash finds himself facing against the living embodiment of action replay, Tobias. The reason I call him that is because this guy owns a fucking Darkrai and a Latios. I could go on and on about how illegal this is, but let's focus on the battle itself. Okay, this man potentially has a team full of legendaries. Who does Ash bring along to help? Well, we have Pikachu, Heracross, and Sceptile, all of them being aces in their own way. Then he uses Swellow, Torkoal, and Gibble. If I was Ash, I would have had my entire team be full of aces, and replaced the last three I mentioned with Charizard, Snorlax, and Infernape. As expected, Darkwise swept half of Ash's team, until Sceptile helped turn the tables. Sceptile became the first and only Pokemon to ever defeat Tobias' Darkrai. That shit was mind-blowing, and it made me love Sceptile even more. Too bad it gets quickly taken out by Latios. That's okay, because we get an equally epic showdown between Pikachu and Latios, even though they tied, it was still impressive to see Pikachu hold its own against another legendary. Yes, this battle was completely one-sided, but considering Ash was able to defeat a mythical and a legendary in the same battle, that has to be worth mentioning. Number 9. Ash vs. Drake Up next, we have Ash's first league win. Say what you want about the Orange Islands arc being nothing but filler, this battle was still impressive for its time. After obtaining all four gym badges, I know it's supposed to be 8, but the Orange Islands has only 4 gins for some reason. Ash takes on Drake, the champion of the Orange League. One thing to note that this was the first time we've seen Ash partake in a full 6 on 6 battle, so you know this is going to be a serious battle for him. 
despite his skill level, Ash performed really well. There were so many great matchups during this battle, like Pikachu struggling against Ditto, Ash using his Tauros for the first time, yet it dominates Venusaur, and of course, the rest of Ash's Pokemon trying to take down Drake's hacked Dragonite. The reason I say hacked is because this thing used up to 10 different moves at once. That alone solidifies how bullshit the anime can be at times. Still, it was intense to see Ash's remaining Pokemon worn out Dragonite enough for Pikachu to deliver the final blow. Mind you that this was the first time Ash has ever defeated a pseudo-legendary, who, at the time, were perceived as unbeatable Pokemon. Of course, no Pokemon is ever unbeatable. I do have some complaints, though. First off, I didn't like how quickly Lapras got taken out. There's nothing wrong with tying against a Gengar, but you could have made the fight a bit longer. Same thing goes for Bulbasaur versus Electabuzz. Bulbasaur clearly had the type advantage, yet it lost easily to Electabuzz. At least Charizard was able to avenge it. Speaking of which, I think it would have been a lot better to see Charizard be the one to defeat Dragonite. Think about it. Charizard was responsible for making Ash lose his first Pokemon League, so defeating Dragonite would have redeemed itself by helping Ash win the next league he entered. Or maybe I'm just saying all this because I'm a Charizard fanboy. I'm just trying to make sense here. Yes, the Orange League is filler, and this victory doesn't count for most fans. This battle was a huge deal at the time, and it demonstrated how much Ash has grown since the beginning. Number 8. Ash vs. Gladion, Alola League. We now move on to Ash's OFFICIAL League win. It's the finals of the Alola League, and it's between our boy Ash against Alola's edgelord, Gladion. Ash and Gladion had a solid rivalry throughout the Sun and Moon series. Despite Ash constantly getting involved with Gladion's family issues, he still respected Ash, which made their battle in the Alola League all the more meaningful. Prior to this battle, Gladion retrieved his father's Zoroark, and Ash's Meltan evolved into Melmetal, this made things even since they were each using a Pokemon they didn't know the other had. I think that's the right way to put it. Where's Matt and his English skills when you need him? Shout out to Matt by the way. Love you buddy. Anyway, this battle had a lot of great moments. Starting with Melmetal vs. Silvalli. It was awesome to see a mythical and legendary duke it out in an official battle. The way Zoroark was introduced was genius. Definitely making good use of its illusion ability. Pikachu vs. Zoroark was the main highlight for me if I'm being honest. Especially that double knockout after they both used their Z-moves. Then we conclude with a Lycanroc showdown. Everyone saw that coming considering Ash's Lycanroc had a rivalry with Gladion's. It was really close, but as we know in the end, Ash came out the victor and became Alola's first champion. This win was such a big deal, and it's the reason why National Ash Ketchum Day even exists. However, I do have some issues, which is why it's not ranked higher. Going back to Melmetal vs. Silvalli, I'm not mad that Melmetal lost, considering it literally just evolved, so it's not at full strength. I am mad that Ash decided to spam Double Iron Bash a lot. Come on, Ash. Melmetal had a full moveset, yet he decided to stick with one move. At least the way Pikachu defeated Savali was really cool. Even though Pikachu vs. Zorark was the highlight for me, I think it should have lasted longer than a few minutes. As for a Lycanroc duel, the ending did irk me a bit. I don't know. Something about countering a counter just seemed too convenient for me. Maybe a clash between two Z-moves would have been better to see if they hadn't wasted them on Pikachu and Zoroark. Despite that, it was still a great battle and it ended the trend we're so used to seeing in Ash's League runs. Number 7. Ash vs. Olan, Kalos League. Next, we probably have the most controversial battle in the entire series. I can really imagine most of you are pissed off that I had the nerve to put this battle above Ash vs. Gladion. Just hear me out, people. Unlike the previous battle I mentioned... This was the first time Ash has ever made it to the finals of any league conference, and his opponent is Alon, 
who is the main protagonist of the Mega Evolution miniseries, I have to say, I love Alon and how his arc transitions to the main series, making him a new rival for Ash. Besides Diantha, these were the two strongest trainers in Kalos, so it makes sense for them to compete in the finals. If anything, this was the perfect way to end the Kalos League. This battle was nothing but non-stop action thanks to its many showdowns, from Halucha versus Weavile, an amazing air battle between Talonflame and Unpheasant, and witnessing Pikachu single-handedly knock out both of Alon's pseudos, those being Tyranitar and Metagross. Hello? That's fucking awesome! Of course, to wrap up this amazing battle, we have another clash between Ash Greninja and Mega Charizard X. This battle could have gone either way, honestly, but as we know, Ash loses. This loss triggered a lot of people because Ash was so close to winning a league this time. For me personally, I didn't mind it. Making it to the finals alone just shows how much stronger Ash has gotten, and I was so proud of him. And come on, losing to Alon wasn't that bad. Like I said, Alon felt more like a secondary protagonist rather than a rival, plus his Charizard had more experience than Greninja, considering it defeated 10 Mega Evolved Pokemon in a row, and even fought a couple of legendaries, so it's better for Ash to lose to someone like that instead of someone that appears right the fuck out of nowhere. <coughs> Tobias! <coughs> The only real complaints I have is how easily Gudra and Noivern got defeated. Noivern isn't that surprising, but they definitely overhyped Gudra's return. Don't worry, this is the last time I include a battle where Ash loses. Ash versus Gladion may have given us the outcome we've always wanted, but this was an epic battle through and through, and I wouldn't let Ash's defeat hold it against it. Number 6. Ash vs Professor Kakui, Alola League Despite all the hate and problems I have towards the Sun and Moon series, this battle was amazing. After winning the Alola League, Ash had the privilege of battling the Max Royal in an exhibition match. Of course, Ash learns that the Max Royal was actually Professor Kakui this whole time. Not only was this a big surprise for everybody, but it helped Ash get more motivated for this upcoming battle. It was something that the Sun and Moon series has been building up to since the beginning, as Ash was essentially facing off against his father figure of the series. And it was a full 6 on 6 battle by the way, so you know this was hype worthy. What I loved most is how every one of Ash's Alolan Pokemon got a chance to shine in this battle, except for Lycanroc who got taken out very early. These moments include Rowlet's aerial battle with Braviary, Melmetal redeeming itself by demolishing Empoleon, Naginatl, god that's such a stupid pronunciation, returning and defeating Almighty Lucario, and of course, the epic fire-type duel between Tauracat and Incineroar, with both of them activating their blaze abilities and using the Infernal Overdrive Z-move. After a long struggle, Torcat came out on top and evolved into Incineroar. Finally! Except it fainted literally seconds after evolving. The fuck? As if that wasn't enough, Tapu Koko returns as Kakui's last Pokemon so he could fight Ash and Pikachu. This was the real highlight for me, as it was a nice reference to the Tapu Koko fight in the Sun and Moon games. Then the other Tapus show up to restore Ash and Kakui's C power so they can finish off the battle with their exclusive Z moves those being Guardian of Alola and 1 million Thunderbolts, this was the perfect way to end the Alola League, and seeing Ash and Pikachu doing the father-son Kamiyami hop was breathtaking. If I can nitpick on a few things though, besides Kakui's Lucario being weak as hell, it really did irritate me that Incineroar knocked itself out upon evolving. We could have seen it in action by fighting Tapu Koko, or maybe it could have evolved mid-battle against Kakui's Incineroar. I just felt very cheated, honestly. Aside from that, this was an amazing battle, and it helped Ash prove to everybody that he had what it takes to be Alola's first champion. Number 5, Ash vs. Nolan. 
I don't know about you guys, but I think the Advanced Generation series feels very underrated. In fact, it's one of my favorites. And no, it's not because of my love for Hoenn. That's a topic for another episode. Nowadays, people like to forget about this series. Definitely what saves it for a lot of fans was the Battle Frontier arc, which I think was added solely to promote Pokemon Emerald. Who knows? After competing in the Hoenn League, Ash returns to Kanto and decides to take on the Battle Frontier Challenge, a group of powerful trainers who are on the same skill level as Elite Four members, and sometimes champions. The first of Ash's Frontier battles was against Factory Head Nolan. The gimmick of this battle was that Ash can choose to face any one of Nolan's Pokemon. Sounds simple enough, except he decides to battle fucking Articuno. Okay, technically Nolan doesn't own Articuno, but it does help him out from time to time. Thankfully, Ash planned ahead and brought back his strongest Pokemon at the time. That's right, this battle marked the return of Ash's Charizard who we haven't seen since the Johto League. Though Charizard had the type advantage, it's still fighting a legendary Pokemon, so this battle wasn't going to be easy. In fact, Charizard was pretty much outclassed majority of the battle. The tactics Nolan came up with were impressive, like using Mist as a defense move, or freezing Charizard's wing with Ice Beam, or hell, simply knowing Water Pulse to combat against any fire types. Literally, every time Ash and Charizard try to combat, Nolan and Articuno would quickly counter. Not even Charizard learning overheat was enough to turn the tables. Despite all that, Charizard took all of Articuno's attacks like a beast and finishes off with a devastating seismic toss. This was the first time Ash has ever defeated a legendary Pokemon in battle. Sure, that's nothing new in today's standards, but back then, this was fucking insane. This battle definitely redeemed Charizard after losing to Harrison's Blaziken in the Johto League, and it continues to be one of my favorite battles in the entire series. Number 4. Ash vs. Brandon we finish up a Frontier Battle and move on to another Frontier Battle. This time it's Ash going up against the Pyramid King, Brandon, for the third time. Out of all the Frontier Brains, Brandon is without a doubt the strongest, considering Ash lost to him two times in a row. The first time he lost was when he was possessed by the King of Pokelantis and Sceptile lost to Regirock. The second time was when he brought back his Torkoal to fight Registeel. Of course, Ash's Torkoal was garbage, so it's no wonder why he lost. This time, Ash figured that his current team isn't going to cut it, so he decided to reconnect with his original team, that consisting of Bulbasaur, Charizard, and Squirtle. This was awesome because we haven't seen these three together in a long time. Also, Ash is back in Kanto, so who better to help him out than his original team? Butterfree and Pidgeot, where you at? Lucky for Ash, Brandon decided to make their third battle a 4-on-4, so Ash doesn't have to rely on just one of them. This battle was intense right from the start because Almighty Charizard loses to Dusclops. Normally, I'd be furious, but this was actually a smart move, believe it or not. Taking out Charizard early means that Ash can't rely on his strongest Pokemon to win like always. Besides, Charizard already had its moment of glory when it defeated Nolan's Articuno, so this battle was mostly Bulbasaur and Squirtle's chance to shine. Speaking of which, Bulbasaur continues to be versatile by defeating Dusclops and tying with Brandon's Solrock while Squirtle managed to beat Ninjax. This all leads to the final matchup between Pikachu and Regice. Despite being a quote-unquote recent capture, Regice was no pushover. Pikachu couldn't rely on his speed due to Regice freezing the battlefield, and every time Pikachu did any substantial damage, Regice would heal itself with rest. It looked like it was going to be another loss for Ash, until Pikachu pulled through and one-shot Regice with a devastating Volt Tackle. Yes, Regice was back at full health, and Pikachu defeats Regice with a single full tackle. I couldn't believe it when I first saw it. Not only did Ash finally win, but he managed to beat another legendary. What were the odds that be another ice type legendary? This win was such a big deal because afterwards, 
Ash was given the opportunity to become a frontier brain. Of course, Ash turned it down because he wanted to continue traveling. Wow, way to turn down an Elite Four slash Champion X position. Jokes aside, I love this battle so much, and bringing back Ash's Kanto stars made this battle even better. Number 3, Ash vs. Sawyer, Kalos League. Starting off the top 3 is the best battle from the X and Y series, at least in my opinion, and it's between Ash and his true Kalos rival, Sawyer. I absolutely love the dynamic between Ash and Sawyer. Compared to the other rivals, Sawyer viewed Ash as a role model, and he yearned to be just like him. It was obvious that Sawyer was a noob right from the get-go. <laughs> get it? Because Sawyer's starter is Trico, and Trico is based off a of tree gecko? I seriously hope my jokes are funny. Anyway, Ash pretty much kept dominating Sawyer in every battle they had, until Sawyer obtained his 8th badge before Ash and even beat him in a battle. It was amazing to see Sawyer quickly evolve from being a weakling to a strong and capable trainer. This reminded me a lot from Wally in the Gen 3 games. I wonder if Wally was an inspiration for Sawyer. Makes sense because the Gen 3 remakes came out while the X and Y series was airing. After a rough losing streak, Ash and Sawyer duke it out in the semifinals of the Kalos League, where they're both now on equal terms. Actually, Sawyer already surpassed Ash at this point, so that gave him even more pressure. I can't help but admire all the tactics Sawyer provided during this battle. He literally studied all of Ash's tactics to come up with the perfect counteracts, like taking advantage of Slacking's bulk to lure in Hanlusha into close range, making Aegislash chop down every tree on the battlefield to slow down Pikachu, and using Slurpup's great sense of smell to get through thick smoke. However, Ash wasn't completely outclassed seeing as how he managed to overcome Sawyer's tactics. A prime example is having Pikachu throw a piece of wood at Aegislash, thus stopping it from using King Shield. That was fucking genius. The air battle between Noiburn and Salamence was epic, definitely Noiburn's best battle despite it ending in a tie. This battle also marked the return of Gudra, who managed to hold its own against Slurpuff. Even though that matchup also ended in a tie, I didn't mind that to be honest. After all, it has been a while since Gudra battled, and he was at a type disadvantage. Without a doubt, the main highlight was Ash Greninja versus Mega Sceptile. Oh my god, this battle was incredible. From the fast-paced action, the animation, and the music that plays in the background, I mean the Japanese version, not the dub. It felt like I was watching something out of a Shonen Jump anime. That's how great it was. Especially during the climax where Greninja absorbed all the Double Team clones to power up its Water Shuriken and decimate Sceptile. I don't know about you guys, but that gave me serious Naruto vibes. Despite losing, Sawyer definitely proved that even friendly rivals can be a huge threat. What a perfect ending to one of the best rivalries. Number 2. Ash vs. Paul, Sinnoh League. The runner-up for my favorite battle is Ash vs. Paul. It doesn't get more iconic than the rivalry between these two, and it's one of the main reasons why people love the Diamond and Pearl series so much. We all know Ash believes that with enough proper training and love, any Pokemon can be strong. But here comes Paul, who's like, fuck that shit. A Pokemon's only strong if they show result, and if he's not pleased, then he releases that said Pokemon. To say Paul is an asshole would be an understatement, just like Silver in the Gen 2 games. Am I the only one seeing a pattern here? Ash having a rival that's based off one of the rivals in a remade generation? I guess it's only a matter of time before Ash gets a rival that's based off the respective rival in the Gen 4 remakes. Then again, Barry already appeared in the Diamond and Pearl series, so it wouldn't make sense to include a character that's based off him when Barry himself already appeared in the anime. God damn it, I'm overthinking things again. Anyway, back to Ash and Paul. Ash had trouble proving to Paul that his training style was right because he kept losing to Paul time after time. His most humiliating loss was the full battle they had at Lake Acuity. So their battle at the Sinnoh League quarterfinals was Ash's last chance to prove himself. And this battle was extremely intense. 
I loved how Paul mostly used new Pokemon he kept in storage, while Ash stuck with the same Pokemon he used in their Lake Acuity battle, that being his regional Sinnoh team, because he wanted his Pokemon to get revenge from their embarrassing defeat. However, this is Paul we're talking about, and he managed to knock out half of Ash's team with just his Drapion, those Pokemon being Weasel, Staraptor, and Torterra. Thankfully, Ash had Infernape and Pikachu to help turn the tables. Infernape was without a doubt the true MVP in this battle, as he was going up against the trainer who abandoned him. Infernape destroyed Paul's Aggron in the beginning, extinguished Rapion's toxic spikes with an underground Flare Blitz, and even knocked out that fastest fucking Ninjax. Pikachu performed well too by defeating Frostlass. This battle also marked the return of Ash's Gliscor, who left to do training with the Air Battle Master. Though it had a hard time dealing with Ninjax, it made up for it by defeating that goddamn Drapion. It soon came down to a wire between Infernape and Paul's last Pokemon, Electivire. Before X and Y, this was when the animation of Pokemon battles were at its prime. From the speedy movement to the execution of the moves they used, it looked like it was going to be another loss for Ash, until Infernape activated his Blaze ability and proceeding to beat the living shit out of Electivire. This was extremely satisfying to watch, and after a clash between Flare Blitz and Thunder Punch, Electivire fainted, and just like that, Ash finally defeated Paul. This win was not only important to Ash, but Infernape as well, since he wanted to show Paul how wrong he was to abandon him. More importantly, Ash finally proved to Paul and everybody else that his training method was right all along, and he continues that style of training to this day. Number 1. Ash vs. Gary, Johto League My favorite battle is without a doubt, Ash vs. Gary. I'm sorry for being so generic, but I can't help myself. Ash and Gary's rivalry is not only nostalgic, but also legendary. Starting off as childhood friends, then rivals by the time they both turned 10 and became Pokemon trainers. Throughout the original series, Ash and Gary have been constantly trying to one-up each other. Even though they haven't battled as much, Gary was always one step ahead of Ash. Their battle in the Johto League was the deciding factor on which of them is the better trainer. One of the reasons I love this battle so much is the Pokemon they use. Gary was shown to have an arsenal of powerful Pokemon, so Ash comes prepared with some of his strongest Pokemon at the time. Shockingly, he didn't use Pikachu for this battle. Pun intended this time. Jokes aside, it was a huge deal because Ash always relied on Pikachu's speed to help him out in his rival battles. But at the same time, it does give Ash an excuse to use some of the Pokemon he kept in storage in Oak's lab. Definitely what gave Ash the most trouble was Gary's ace, Blastoise, who defeated Heracross and Bayleaf, along with Scizor, who defeated Snorlax and Muck. It wasn't completely one-sided though, as Ash managed to pull off very impressive wins as well. Such as Heracross tanking Magmar's Fire Blast and Flamethrower, which are up close and personal, mind you, then obliterate Magmar with a single Megahorn? That was fucking insane! Before Scizor entered the field, Snorlax held his own as well, by easily taking out Arcanine and the Nidoqueen that one-shotted Tauros. However, the real star of Ash's team was Charizard. Ash knew Gary wasn't going to be a pushover, so he made sure to bring back his strongest Pokemon at the time. Charizard made quick work of Scizor and Golem despite the 4 times rock weakness. This led to the final showdown between Charizard and Blastoise, the fire and water starters of Kanto, the mascots of Pokemon Red and Blue respectively, Ash's strongest Pokemon against Gary's strongest Pokemon. Seriously, the intensity speaks for itself, and we even get to hear a remix of the Champion Blue theme playing in the background, just to remind fans who Ash and Gary are based off. Yes, the animation has aged over time. Still, there's no denying how iconic this matchup was. Charizard couldn't do a damn thing to Blastoise, but leave it to Ash to come up with an out-of-box strategy. 
tricking Blastoise into extinguishing the melting field with genius as Charizard was finally get close enough to finish off Blastoise with its famous seismic toss. I couldn't think of a better way to end this battle. And to top it off, Gary admits to Ash that he's the better trainer and decided to follow his grandfather's footsteps in becoming a Pokemon professor. I have no complaints. This was a perfect battle and I have no regrets putting it as number one. I don't know if you guys realize, but I didn't include any battles from the Black and White series or Pokemon Journeys. That's because the Black and White series was a massive pile of shit and should never be watched again. Again, that's a topic for another episode. Journeys, on the other hand, is still airing, so it wouldn't be fair to include a battle from that series yet. Maybe in two or three years, I'll do a top 10 list that's centered around the best battles from that series, assuming that Journeys will end around that time. Or maybe as a contrast to this episode, the worst Ash Ketchum battles. Though more than half of that list will be from the Black and White series, I can personally tell you that. Either way, I'm happy with the list I made. Obviously, not everybody's going to agree with this, but that's okay. Everyone's entitled to their own opinions. Thank you all for listening to another Geeks Crossing podcast. If you guys have your own list of Ashes Greatest Battles, you can share it by joining our Discord server. Subscribe for more content, and take care, everyone.